It was February when the angels came. They rained from the sky like comets in a blur of fury and smoke, scattering across the town of Newark, New Jersey. No one knew exactly what they were or why they had come to the Garden State in the dead of an otherwise ordinary winter. The event became known as the Fall. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation last week about uh, Monsters, uh, the match game. Uh, We figured, you know what, like from one show about monsters to another show with monster in the title, didn't really think about at the time, but sure, I guess that works. Yeah, I guess it's some kind of connective tissue. I mean, yeah, because I mean, it's pretty much the same same show. Like, we're I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, yeah, and uh, we're going to get into some Monsterland here. Uh, it is a series that was released on Hulu um, uh, back in October 2020. Like I, I like I say that it's like you know a long time ago, but since we've all lived this last year and a half, it's been eight and a half years at least since 2020. So it was released a while ago. And this had been recommended to us. It's an anthology series. It's eight episodes uh, recommended uh, to us by a friend of the show. And we thought we'd dig into it. So, um, yeah, I, I just it, don't know where to get into this other than we're getting into this will be season one, episode eight, Newark, New Jersey. The series is created by Mary Laws. Uh, she has some producing and writing credits. I uh, wrote the screenplay for the film The Neon Demon, which I have not seen yet, but I know a lot of people do like it. And then she, this, this whole thing is kind of, it's based loosely on a short story collection called North American Lake Monsters stories by uh, Nathan Ballingrud, who has written a couple of books, a lot of short story compilations, and has actually won some awards. Um, so yeah, that's, um, that, that's kind of your background there. So, um, I don't know. I don't know where to go with this other than like, it's a new series and there's eight episodes and here we are. This isn't like there's a storied history to monster monster land versus monsters. Yeah, I've never heard of this. I, I don't know if it was because they just didn't do a whole lot of promoting for it. Um, I mean, I've been subscribing to Hulu for quite a while now, and it's this is the first I've really heard about it for, uh, when it was recommended by our uh, uh, friend of show. So, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting series from the, from what I gathered on this episode. I, I like the direction they went with it. I'm not. I, it doesn't seem like it got renewed. No, and I think one of the things that hurt it, um, at least just at first, first glance, is that all the episodes dropped at once, which it's tricky finding that balance of, especially in this day and age of streaming services and what like what can be binged all at once and what can't be. 
I think something like this might have served a little better with a little bit more, um, you know, teasing out and, and giving some people some time to chew on the episodes. Because, uh, I mean, especially when it comes to like, this is the first season of something. I think, um, you know, sometimes when you get something like that is already popular, dropping it as a binge, people are going to be excited for it. But this kind of got dropped out there. I remember seeing some ads for it. And that was about it. So I don't know if Hulu had a lot of faith in the product or they felt that it did its job. But yeah, it, it doesn't look like it's getting picked up for a second season. That's a bummer because uh, it looks like the way it was formatted is that they were going to do a story for each state, uh, you know, of the United States. And I'm like, oh, that would have been sweet. Like, what what would they have done for you know Ohio or Alaska or something like that? It would have been really interesting to see where they gone with had gone with it. I'm going to have to see if I can find this book because it, it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, no, the book sounds interesting. Um, and also there was that, um, I know Quibi talking about things no one ever talks about anymore. Quibi actually had a series that was produced by Sam Raimi that I think it was called 50 States of Fright. And it was supposed to do an episode of, uh, uh, for each state. And clearly um, that didn't go far because Quibi crashed and burned into the ground. So if you want to find some state specific horror, there's another series out there. I, I've heard some um, unfortunate, laughable things about that, but I like the idea of this kind of being like the the names, each of the episode titles are the name of a city as opposed to, you know, whatever the, you know, the story of the week is. And that does kind of set it apart from other anthologies that we've looked at. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I really dig that. And it's just that there's nothing else to ground it on. It's like, all right, well, what the hell is this one going to be about? You have no clue whatsoever. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting in that way, but uh, yeah, I, I wish that, like you said, that they would have uh, spread out the uh, the episodes, kind of like how uh, Creepshow was. Then that would have given you know people time to create buzz about the series itself. Well, and and if like and not to tip my hand too much, if if this episode is any indication, because again, we we just threw a dart at the series and just picked the eighth episode because there was a tie-in of Christmas decorations, and we'll find out how tragic that really is. We talk about the story a little bit. Um, like it's, it's anthology. So like for me, the idea is that you pick, you could pick, you know, whatever it is of the eight and watch it. Um, so, uh, I think that it kind of has, I, there's, um, there's a lot to chew on here emotionally and we'll get into that more too. And I think kind of maybe spacing this out and then giving people the opportunity to kind of, well, I don't know, like kind of approach it maybe one at a time, maybe it would have been better, but we watched the last one that doesn't have any, like, like, how do I say this? That shouldn't affect our view of the entire series because this isn't supposed to be a culmination. It's supposed to be an anthology. However, there's some stuff that goes on in this episode that I guess, um, if you'd watched it in order would make more sense because some of it didn't make sense to me. Yeah. You, I mean, maybe that we'll find that out in the, in the little bit of research that we, uh, we, we did here in uh, yeah. the notes. Um, so yeah. Um, I guess we'll dive into this. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Who we got doing what here? All right. So our director on this episode, uh, I, I'm terrible with names. This is going to, this is going to show you how bad I am. So, but and and Barry, I, I, I'm going to check with the judges. Correct. I think that's correct. There you go. Okay. I, Cause it probably sounds like I'm over Skype right now. So it probably sounded like I cut in and out, but I, <laughs> I, I definitely, I, I definitely, oh. I, I don't like the idea that you're compare uh, trying to read names to a shorting out like McDonald's speaker. That's unfortunate, but okay. Yes, I will take fries with that, sir. Um, and you can lose the attitude. <laughs> just, I would like one Babak Anvari and some fries. It's like, I'm sorry, what did you order? Like, no, sorry. Yeah. 
Yeah, no offense against his name. I am terrible at names. It was probably, you know, names like John Smith will slip me up. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I didn't mess it up. So, yay. Yeah, and, um, well, good, good luck so, going um, forward. Yeah. yeah sorry. I, that, there's a couple here. Like, I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, um, I, the other things that he had directed were all the other episodes of the series. And, uh, he only has eight uh, directing credits at this point. I wasn't familiar with any of the other ones. Were you? I Okay, so there is a film that was on Netflix released about a year and a half ago called Wounds that um, I um, I saw a trailer for in passing. That's actually, it's another um, it's another Nathan uh, Ballingrid story that um, Anvari directed as a film. And it didn't get like the best of write-ups, um, but whatever. I mean, you know, again, you know, you just kind of find your footing and clearly, um, Mr. Anvari, um, likes, uh, likes this work. And I don't think that's a bad thing to have a director or a producer, um, want to get like, that's passionate about like these short stories or somebody's working and want to shine a light on it. So, uh, maybe the, the, these two are kind of, you know, in a, in a working relationship of like, you know, uh, a creative output. And I, I messed up my notes. Uh, I meant to say that he was the executive producer uh, for the all the episodes of Monsterland. Okay. That's what I should have said. He only directed this episode. Well, uh, so my bad. Yeah, but still, there's a connection there. So I think that's yeah. the important thing. So, okay. And then you already mentioned the writer, and I'm not I'm not familiar uh, with uh, Bellingard, but, but I, I think it's Bellingrud. I, I, I want to say I always want to say Bellingard, yeah. but it's Bell. I think it's Ball. I think it's actually Bellingrud. Is like so I, I keep messing it up as well. It's an odd name. Cast. Oh, I'm, yeah. End our cast. We go here. Uh, leading off here, we got Mike Colfer. Uh, he plays Brian Cook in this. Uh, I think most people would know him from most of the uh, the Marvels uh, shows, like Luke Cage and um, the uh, Defenders. He's a bad dude. He's a he he's a menacing looking dude. So, yeah, he's currently in um, that CBS series or the Paramount Plus series called Evil. That um, it's a procedural that deals with like faith and like demonic possessions and like like it's a procedural. I've heard good things about it. I just I have a hard time getting into CBS procedurals because it's a procedural. So, uh, but also he was at uh, Law and Order, uh, SVU, so and Criminal Intent, so three Law and Order shows. Nice, and then uh, he also was in Zero Dark Thirty and uh, some of the episodes of American Horror Story. Ah, okay. I love, I love, I love Mike Coulter. I I just, I think he, I think he's great. Uh, I think he was a wonderful Luke Cage. I think he has a good charisma about him and it was good to see him here too. Another reason why I had no problem picking this episode because I like Mike Coulter. Oh, he definitely pulls off the, the emotional acting. I mean, I just, I thought he was more going to be like the silent deadly type like Luke Cage, but there's more depth to his acting. And that's, that's amazing. I'm glad that uh, we get to see him showcase some more uh, abilities like he did in this. So yeah, I need to get, I need to get into those Marvel series. I've never watched any of those well, episodes. I feel so, ashamed to say that. Yeah. I mean, so I, I watched, um, I watched them all the way through leading up to the defenders. So that was what two seasons of daredevil, one season, Luke cage, one season, Jessica Jones, and then one season, iron fist. And then the defenders, because they, they were crossing over and it was okay. And then after that, you got um, some other second seasons and then the Punisher series. Uh, but at that point, it's whenever um, that's when Disney was buying Marvel. And so it got like um, 
you could just kind of see the writing on the wall that Disney was like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're going to figure this out. And then suddenly Netflix is like, yeah, we're not making these shows anymore. So it was this kind of weird, like, like I want to get invested, but I already kind of know they all just kind of stop, you know, and that, that shouldn't be any, that, that shouldn't be a discredit to the shows. Cause I like them all. It's just hard to go back now knowing that like there wasn't a lot of faith put into them after Disney bought Marvel. Right. Yeah. And it's a drag. Uh, I can see what you're saying there, but you should but, watch. Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's some Luke Cage. It's great, but the first two seasons of daredevil are awesome. So anyway, continue. Sorry. We're over Skype. It's a little weird. I'm going to step over Terry more than usual. So I apologize to everybody, but yeah, daredevil's awesome. Nice. And then, uh, so next year we have our actress, uh, lead actress here, uh, plays Brian's wife, uh, Amy cook played by, and now I, I, I have the way that sounded out here. So, Bear with me. Add a pair Odule. I think it's a D pair Odule. I think you were 95% of the way there. So congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did, like I found how to sound it out on Good. the internet. And I was like, yay. <laughs> Speak and spell. Um, uh, I won't be able to, I won't be able to do it again. So, but yeah, so she plays the wife in this uh, Amy. Uh, she, uh, I recognized her. From uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, she plays uh, Falcon's uh, sister. Yeah, yeah, uh, Sarah Wilson in that, and also she was in an episode of Law and Order. You're gonna see a theme as we go through this cast here, but yeah, yeah, like, it was. I, it took me a second, like when I took my notes after watching it the first time. I'm like, oh yeah, that was a uh, 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 Sam's sister, you know, like, and um, she she's really good in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And I need to see it because it, I believe it won an Oscar, but 12 Years a Slave. I've heard it's an incredible film. Yeah. So she was I, in that as well. I've heard good things about that too, but just also it's one of those ones that you're going to be like, um, I'm going to need, I'm going to, I'm going to need some time after by myself to cry, you know? And I, so I, 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 I got to yeah. be in the right mood to, to have like the life be out of me with a movie, you know? So it, 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 it sometimes it takes a moment to be like, yeah, do you want to feel terrible? Yeah. Okay, we're going to do this now. That's <laughs> right. So uh, next year we have uh, uh, Caitlin uh, Deaver, uh, plays Tony. Uh, lots of episodes of Justified um, and 142 episodes of The Last Man Standing. I knew this sounded familiar. It's the new newer Tim Allen uh, series, and I need to catch it. I like Tim Allen, so uh, I've been watching a lot of Home Improvement lately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you might like Last Man Standing. Like, I've not really seen it. It's just it's more... It, it's leaning into a different side of Alan that, you know, I just, your mileage may vary. Let's just put it that way. So uh, it was successful and I, you know, home improvement was a lot of fun and his stand up back in the day was fun. Um, but I, you know, sure. I don't know. But, um, I also saw her and, uh, it uh, was that new Hulu series dope sick, which is like the fictional retelling of the opioid scandal that had, that's supposed to be getting, like it's one of those things where they kind of, they change the narrative a little bit to fit telling something more dramatically, but they get a lot of like the information going incorrect and it's bringing a lot more people's eyes to what's going on. So I think that's important. Um, and then she was also in the movie book smart from a couple years ago that I've heard good things about. And her character is in two other episodes of Monsterland, And knowing that after the fact kind of makes things like, I'm like, Oh, I'm supposed to know who this is going into this episode. It's just kind of weird coming in, not knowing. See, I didn't know. I, I, I guess I glazed over the fact that she plays the exact same character in yeah. those other episodes. I thought maybe like they just 
casted her as like a background character or something no, like that. She, but, she's in a couple yeah. other, and I think that we kind of follow her story through. And I'm like, and if this is supposed to be the culmination, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> you know, like so. Oh well, I'd sure cool. I, I don't understand so that. She's like she's like the hitchhiker or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty yeah, pretty much. No, I I don't understand uh, what was going on there. But we'll we'll talk about it when we get there. But yeah, um, you know, like uh, she's perfectly fine here. Um, I kind of kind of need to go watch Booksmart because like I've heard that's a really fun comedy and um, and she's up and coming. So good for her. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then uh, next here we have uh, Michael Cheerness. Um, I, he plays Tommy in this. He plays like the grave, uh, the grief counselor. Um, and he, I recognize this dude immediately from the IMDb. He was in uh, a bunch of episodes of Orange Is the New Black, and he was uh, the Tinkerer in a Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I, I, I liked him as the Tinkerer. Uh, he's also in um, the movie that just came out oh this past winter. No, this past winter, the spring. Uh, Werewolves Within. That's a fun uh, horror comedy. Uh, and then also he, oh, was, okay. yeah, it's a fun little movie. People should check it out. I, it's, it's fun. It has a uh, Melania Viantrub in it and it's, um, yeah, that she's the AT&T girl and she like, she's way funnier than just being the AT&T girl. I'll just say that it's a fun little movie. Uh, and then he is also in an episode of law and order SVU. Nice. Connective tissue again. So, yeah. um, and then next here we have, uh, Scott Nicholson, uh, plays Clayton, uh, 22 creds. Most of them, he plays a cop. So, uh, I, you yeah. know, I, you know, when you get a, a, a job, <laughs> it's a steady paycheck. Yeah. Is he, but um, I, is, he, it? is he the, um, oh, what was the shoot? The, the guy that always showed up in the twilight zone. I just always looked for him. Oh, son of a bitch. Robert McCord. Yeah. Is, is he the Robert McCord of cops? Is that what he is? Like he's the Robert McCord of cop characters. I guess so. I mean, cause like, going through the, all the credits, I'm like, mostly just a background dude in a sense i mean he has a you know a lot of creds that he's just a cop or you know uh he's a court police officer or whatever you know it's like oh, you, you got you got a, a pigeonhole for a career but hey as long as there's a steady paycheck you know this guy's just rolling around right. with his trunk full of different cop outfits right you know like like oh you need me to be a mall cop <laughs> i got that you know right so, and then my last credit here that I listed um, is uh, V. Nixie. Uh, she plays the angel in this. We'll get to that. But uh, she she does a, a lot of monster stuff. So she played an American Horror Story in some episodes. Uh, and she was in that movie with Baptista, uh, Army of the Dead. Yeah, I saw that. She was also in Tales of Halloween, which I've not seen, but I've heard okay things about. Um, so yeah, I just want to mention, uh, we were talking about Scott Nicholson. He was in law and order SVU and criminal intent and law and order. Um, so again, just want to keep that going here. Also in succession, which a lot of people have been digging that. I've not checked that out yet. Uh, Vanessa as is like, there you go. I'm going to mess that up. See Terry, it's on me this time as Angela, the hypnotherapist. Uh, she was in the Hulu series, uh, only murderers in the building that has uh, Steve Martin and uh, Martin short. And I've heard great things about that and also law and order. There you go. Um, what else here? Um, we have, um, Grant, uh, Monahan as the, the drug dealer. Uh, he was an episode of iron fist. There you go. That's your, um, that's your Luke cage connection and SVU. So there was a lot of, uh, law and order connections with this. Cool. I mean, I did, but Hulu has some kind of connection with, uh, what is this? NBC? Yeah. I mean, it's, owned by them or something? Kind of. It's them uh, and uh, and Disney now. 
Like Disney owns, uh, I think they own a majority stake in Hulu. That's why um, some of the Marvel product ends up there versus Disney Plus because some of the more like PG thirteen stuff ends up like uh, like Modoc and Hitmonkey and things like that show up there because it's their way of still getting their branding out without like being like oh you got to come Disney Plus for you know Patton Oswalt to swear at things you know. It's like the beaded curtain and the, the yes. video yeah. shop. Hulu yes. should just rebrand themselves as Cowboy Doors. You're like, oh, I just saw this episode of Cowboy Doors. It was pretty great. Uh, um, yeah. So yeah, that's yeah, that's that's our that's our cast. There's a lot of people here. Um, so um, I, I'm here. I'm just going to throw this out here right now to you, Terry, as we get it before we get into the story proper. Um, I. Here, I'll just put one of these up here for people. Just I know this is from the other show that I do, but real quick. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Um, you guys should check out this episode. So Hulu, watch it. Uh, I, I kind of, I don't know how you feel about it. I kind of want to pull a ripcord on this, not because it was terrible, but because it was like, how miserable of an episode can you get? Like, this thing is just miserable from the jump. And it kind of stays miserable throughout. I don't know. Like, it just almost yeah, seems it's like, gloomy. It's, it, yeah, like I, not that I'm saying that like depressing things aren't worthy of discussion because they are right. Cause I mean, my God, I punished you with black mirror this time last year. Um, but I also think that, that for that length of time, there was a lot more going on than traveling in the same circles over and over again that this episode kind of does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I it, it, it there was no upbeat to this at all. And I did feel like I was watching black mirror as I was watching this. It was like the same tone in some but, ways, like the emotional brutality is there. Right. So I'm not, okay. So let, 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 like, I know you've taken notes. I've, I trust that you've taken great notes. I I've trusted that I just took garbage notes and was trying to find jokes, but you like whenever everything is like completely sad, you, if you know, all you're going to do is punch it down. Um, the, the premise for the story is really interesting. Actually, there's a two, tr- two tracks to this, right? Uh, one, we get the beginning about the idea that in Newark, New Jersey, for whatever reason, there's an event in which beings that are unknowable fall from the sky. Like they are, uh, the people around them have called them angels or whatever. They're just falling down and no one really knows what to do about it. And then um, then you get this other story of that you get Brian and Amy um, who are a, a married couple that um, we soon find out that they're six, 16 months in from the time that their daughter was kidnapped and taken away quickly. And f- like Brian was out like with her uh, getting ice cream. And then within a second she was gone. And then the fam, like both him and Amy are trying to deal with this trauma of is, is my daughter still alive or is she gone? And Mike handles it. I keep saying Mike, sorry. Brian handles it um, in a very upsetting and very cinematic way. I'll just say that where he keeps buying presents um, and wrapping them. And he keeps putting a big pile of presents in his house. There's Christmas lights and decorations outside this house. The tree is threadbare. It it makes the Charlie Brown tree look like um, a redwood, you know. (laughs) um, right the thing is just it is like it's it's so emaciated it's just like um but and he also has these habits that he has like there's there's a drawer full of uh, brown sharpies that keep piling up um he has his rituals because for him to 
abandon any of this would be for him to give up hope that his daughter is not coming back while Amy is trying to care about him and give him his space. She's trying not find closure necessarily, but trying to find a way through. And that's kind of like, that's the cycle that the story takes over and over again. I mean, am, is there anything, I mean, am I wrong about this? Cause I think it just kind of travels this. It really, I'm not saying it beats it in because the, like, I can't even imagine that kind of trauma, right? It's just, not only do we get mired into it, it's just, we wall we wallow and wallow and wallow in this for the whole episode. Yeah, I think it definitely uh, gives you an image of a grieving parent. Um, Mike definitely is. Uh, you mean Brian? Unconsolable. I keep saying, I keep saying Mike too, but it's like, yeah, it's like, oh man, Luke Cage is just so sad, you know, but yeah. Yeah, Brian is a character. My God, like, like Mike Coulter plays this so interesting. I'll say that. Yeah, I don't want to say that it is like uh, stilted or, um, you know, anything like that. But he, you could definitely see the emotion in his eyes, and when every one of these little uh, moments happened throughout the, the the episode, it triggers something. You can tell that it triggers something in him. Um, like for example. We, for for some reason, focus on on the fact that when he's at a store buying a gift for his daughter, uh, the teller drops the change. And it immediately goes into slow-mo, and and Brian vanishes, and he doesn't get his change. And then you see him, he's at home, and he's drinking, and when he goes to open up uh, a drawer to find a bottle opener, there's probably like 75, 100 brown markers you still don't have any context. Why? Yeah. And, and, and even, even when he's walking through the neighborhood to try to get back home, he walks past a, um, a ballet school and he turns his head away from the ballet school, uh, to not look inside and that. And when he finally passes, he carries upon his way that these are all important to the, the plot. So we find out that Tabitha, their daughter, was on on her way home with Brian and she was abducted in a uh, ice cream shop. And so when he, when he turned his head away, um, he's distracted because he, the, the, the cashier dropped change. That's the thing, right. right? So, so. It, it triggers that in his mind. So it's always going to ring back to that moment. And, and when he lost his daughter. Yeah. And I think that's all, I mean, don't get me wrong. That's all really powerful. Like I just, the whole imagery of the Christmas lights still up and you're not really sure what time of year it is other than being cold. And it's been like, and we find out it's been 16 months. Right. So, um, like that's all really, really interesting. It's like, it's one of these things where, um, you can tell that, um, you know, the short story writer, um, yeah, uh, grid, and like, um, and Mary laws, like those are the images that burn bright in their head of like this, like if you just see a regular city street uh, in Newark and everybody else is already like whatever time of year it is, but they're the family that has every single Christmas decoration out that's off putting, you know? And, and then the pile of, of presents, which, you know, I almost kind of wish that, um, I, you know, here I'm going to rewrite the episode. And did you, have you ever seen One Hour Photo? Did we talk about? Maybe we've talked about this at one point. The Robin Williams film. 
Yeah, I've seen it, where basically he uh, stalks the family. Yeah, he, I'm not saying that this is the same thing, but there's a bit there where he's sitting there, like um, eating a TV dinner and watching like The Simpsons or something, and then we see a shot behind him of all the family photos that he's taken from this family and put on the wall, and it's like it's very revealing and very abrupt. I kind of wish we'd have gotten this with uh, Brian's character, where like it just it's him just drinking, watching TV, and then all of a sudden, like you see all the presents. You know what I mean? Like it would have been, I don't know. I think some of this, it's just, it's very heartbreaking. It's very effective. It's just, um, I, I get it. This is going to be a dark ride, but I just feel like we keep going on the same ride and we keep seeing like this couple, um, constantly get a wedge between them and somewhere along. And also in, in the distance, there's blue people falling out of the sky and that, you know, yeah, like which just, is yeah. fascinating. <laughs> I, and I, it's weird because you get you get that part of the story in the beginning. You get the narration from the little girl talking, and then you don't really see any of the the creatures that have fallen from the sky. And it, it's like it's very sporadic that you'll see any images of them or like what they are like what they look like, like really look like. And I just I thought that was an interesting thing to do. I don't. I think they could have gone a little heavier into that but i mean that's here neither here nor there because you're supposed to be connected more with the family and their struggle well that's fair but you strip out all the angel stuff out of this and what you have is a family struggling with the loss of a child and how do you move forward i think you could have done this episode with with the exception of i okay also everybody spoiler here um if you like the ending of this is one of the, one of the um, weirdest things I think I've seen in an, like an anthology episode. Cause it was just, huh, that's what we're doing now. Cool. That's kind of where we went with this. We'll get there. But it's just, I, I wish that we would have gotten a little more connectivity between the fall, you know, the angels falling and the family, because I mean, I guess in real life, um, like, you know, I, I, we, you know, we both live in, in like Northeast Ohio. We live in the Cleveland area. Um, you know, if something happens on the lake, like if a Kraken shows up and it doesn't attack our house, we'll be like, well, Hey guys, you see that Kraken attack? Yeah, it was crazy. Right. Like maybe that wouldn't interact with this day to day, right? Like in real life, but I'm watching a show called Monsterland, and you're showing me a story in which specifically in the very beginning, you see people falling out of the sky and then you seem very not interested in telling me anything else about them until about like a half hour in. That seems odd to me. Right. And, and, and I mean, like, look at the chaos that ensues in E.T. I mean, nothing like, I mean, I understand that, you know, following Brian and Amy through their, through their trauma, re, the focus is mostly on them. But it doesn't seem like anybody else around them is affected by this, I mean, this miracle, if it possibly is, or or impending doom, which it could possibly be too. <laughs> yeah, so, it seems fair. You know, like I, I'm sure there was some, uh, you know, horny German filmmaker out there waiting for one of those angels to fall down. Like, I want to make a movie. It's going to be crazy. You know, whatever. Anyway, uh, it's, sorry, that's a callback to a couple episodes ago. Everybody, go back and listen. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know, these angels are smart enough not to have wings. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, you know, so it was, it was an Italian filmmaker. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, just a horny filmmaker that wanted to do evil things to an angel. Um, but like, there's this weird world building that goes on too, where like, you know, we end up getting, there's a, like, so I know I'm a little scattershot cause I'm trying to dance around some of this because I don't know. 
I don't know if it's fair to you and to me to go step by step through the story because it is just a sledgehammer emotionally. And we got the character beats. Basically what happens this entire time we find out since Amy's trying to move forward and, and Brian's not, I mean, Brian is too, but in his own way, they keep coming to like, to, you know, having these really tense conversations. And basically he's just telling her like, you want to move on and, and bury our daughter. And she's like, that's not what I like. Don't do this to me. And, but like, uh, and so it goes to the point to where she's trying to take him to grief counseling. He doesn't want to go. He's going to hypnotherapy, trying to like unlock the secrets of the universe and get a license plate from his memory. Because for him finding another clue uh, about what could happen, at least shows he's trying to do something to show that his daughter's still alive. That like all of that's great in terms of his storytelling. And I, and I thought that was all amazing. It's just that, did it also feel like to you that this, this thing's what 50 minutes you could have probably cut 20 minutes out of this. It made it a much more devastating story. That's true. Yeah. It could have been tighter. We, I think that especially when you, you're following them through all the, this trauma and how to cope, how they're trying to cope with it and how no one really is trying to help Brian along his journey of grieving. It's, it's, it's definitely, I don't want to say too heavy handed, but it's definitely like you understand, like I, yeah, I understand. And I'm also want to cry for Brian and, you know, and Amy. And it's just like, I just want some more of the next part, you know, the next, the next, uh, beat in this story. Yeah. And it's, so then we eventually, you know, we find out that like Amy admits that she's been having an affair. There, there is a nice, there's a nice bit before when they're arguing and she's like, this is the moment you, you choose to lose me or not. And, and she's like laying out on the table and she's she's having an affair. So then we end up getting, um, Brian going out to like the world's darkest 24 hour diner in existence. Um, and then he ends up running into, um, Tony, and again, somehow, I guess we're supposed to know who she is because the way it's like she carries on, it's like, and some of her flashbacks of what's happening, it's like now knowing that she was in two previous episodes feels like, oh, I should be in on this. I'm not in on this because it felt like it felt like we suddenly end up following her narrative where I'm like, okay, are we going to, is this going to branch out? Nah, we're just going to go vignette time with Tony and then we don't see her again uh, in the episode. Yeah. And, and her character and how she, uh, she, I guess, is supposed to help Brian, like, come to a resolution or conclusion to what really is going on in the world and how monsters are, like, they're, we are the monsters. And she asks him, like, oh, you know, what's the, the worst thing you've ever done? And she goes to this story, and it's just, man, she's just a scumbag. Well, so let's, like, re let's rewind that just a smidge. Uh, so the reason she's there first, I'm, I'm cutting off. I apologize. Um, is that she tells him that like, he's like, why are you so jaded? And, he, and then she goes in this whole backstory about how like, Oh, I saw a drug dealer across the street. And he's like, Hey, do you want the world's largest pills? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, they're full of angel blood. She's like, cool. And then she ends up like, you know, like having these pills are huge or she has the world's smallest hands. I'm confused by that. Um, anyway, um, it's like, I don't think these go in your mouth. I was really confused to how big the pills were. Um, so yeah, she, they, they yeah. look like, they look like gl glitter suppositories. I was like, what <laughs> yeah, the yeah, hell? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, I, I mean, that should not, I don't, that should not go in either end, you know? But, um, so, 
Um, it's like, I got this, I got this, um, this twilight vampire blood. Do you want it? Like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so it's angel blood. Cause they, they, like supposedly they found out like if you take their blood, it's, it will show you the truth. And so that's important to the story later. I think it could have been brought in differently, but she talks about how she was tripping balls, um, at the, at the diner. And then she's like, I came to the realization we're the monsters. I'm like, yeah, you know, I went to, I went to college once too and took a philosophy class. I get it. You know, like just. That's, that, that's like some, like, you know, you're in your twenties and you're like, man, do you realize that we're the monsters mind blown? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, here's your dime store wisdom. Yeah, yeah. So have a good, have a nice night. You know, just, I was like, yeah, I've also been at um, a 24 hour coffee shop at two in the morning and like somehow that's supposed to be wisdom, you know, <laughs> like I get it, but no, this turns out like, here's a guy who, you know, his daughter was abducted and then she's like, can I, can I tell you the worst thing that's happened to me? I had a kid and just left her. And I don't know why uh, Brian doesn't get up and just like, just take her head off. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like for someone that's like so full of frustration and anger and self-loathing, I don't understand why he doesn't just like slap her across the face. Not that a man should slap a woman. I'm not saying that, but in terms of a grieving father and you have some baby like, yeah, you know what I got to admit to my life's been a lot better since I left my kids somewhere in like mid America. Life's pretty great. Yeah, and it's it. He takes the other approach. He ends up <laughs> drinking a shitload of tequila with her and dancing. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. Then, uh, but then, but then she goes to grab more money for the jukebox, and then she drops the chains, and he's like, and he's like, out. It's like, what? Wait, I just, I just, it. That felt odd to me. But anyway, so that the whole point of her part of the story was to show that the angel blood was supposed to reveal inner truths, right? So then, as he's wandering away, um. He ends up, uh, see like, and this, there's all these various points too, where he and Amy both see their daughter running off in the distance. Right. A, a, like atypical, um, like grieving, like people in these type of supernatural stories, right. Or whatever you'll call them science fiction. Right. There's always the loved one in the distance that you never see their face, but they're running away. Let's call it the event horizon syndrome, right? Let's just call it that where the mother was seeing her, like her kid always in the park or running away. That how many how many movies can you tell me that you see this happen all the time? Yeah, it, it's kind of a trope, but I mean, if you're if you're trying to analyze the grieving father and he's you know drunk off his ass, I I mean I imagine it would be like all the time, like oh I see my daughter in that little girl, or I see my daughter in that store, and then you get frantic because of a little lead, you know, and I mean there's that panic that always happens when somebody goes missing, and then. The, the police station is flooded with you know, all kinds of tips. I saw the guy, he was right down the street from yeah. me and all that stuff. Well, that's fair. Like I'm not dismissing that as like, you're right. I just, I think that they could have handled that a little better. Uh, but also like the, the same thing happened to Amy earlier, you know, cause she ended up wandering into a, a hobo alley and finding a cutoff head of an angel. Right. And that's whenever they, it, you know, it's, it it's weird. Uh, so then, yeah, so he ends up finding, so Mike wanders into an alley, which is also littered with, uh, like it's a breadcrumb tra trail of brown Sharpies, which they're important to the story because of the connection between him and his daughter. But then he finds an angel in, um, well, this being, uh, in, um, a dumpster and he's like, oh shit, I need to like care for this thing. I'm like, well, good on you. Good on you, Brian takes him home. Uh, like, I think it's important to note that they put it in, um, in the bed of their daughter. 
because he shows it to um, uh, to Amy. And so they try their best to take care of it. Um, so I, I do I do like that there's this weird surrogate thing going on where it's like this thing this thing is uh, you know uh, it's hurt and um, it, it's scared. Um, we can bring it like some comfort and some warmth. Like that kind of that's not lost on me, you know. Um, but but then. Um, like, I don't know, like they wake up in the morning and this thing is still, still alive. I like that. It's making all these weird, like fluttery, like bird noises. And they're like, what's wrong? It's like, I think it's hungry. I'm like, that body language doesn't look like hunger to me. You know, <laughs> like, like I've never woke up in the morning and I'm just like, I'm just like waving my arms over. And my wife's like, oh, did you, did you want pop tarts? I'm like, yeah, like, it's not like, you know. I just, I, I, the thought, the thought came over me when I was watching it of uh, Galaxy Quest when they go to that planet and there's all those little creatures that look cute. Well, funny (laughs) you say Galaxy Quest. Look at you. Look at you tying it all together. Um, There we go. So, yeah, it just, it just becomes this thing where, uh, like the the being itself and, and credit also like I, I don't want to dismiss uh, V Nixie uh, as this as the angel because they. Um, you know, we talked, we talked last week about people doing um, work and full like prosthetics and body makeup, like good job. Like as much as I kind of, I don't know about the writing of the episode, the act, like, the, like here, I'll say this, all the acting in the episode's great. Right. And V Nixie's actually given a lot to do to look like this, um, like, like <sighs> unsure and scared being and, and their body language sells it. You know, and they're not hungry. I can tell that from what's going on. But I, I you know, I, I think everything given to them, they they actually handle that quite well. And you do get a sense of what this thing is without ever being able to understand any of like it's, it doesn't speak. It just kind of it makes like it makes like cooing noises like a bird. You know, so yeah, it's, it was kind of strange, but definitely invokes like this is not of this world. I yeah. mean, we get that right off the bat, and it's like, and I see what you're saying. Like movement of the body is probably like the biggest thing that she could do. Cause there's not a whole lot of emoting she could do with her eyes. Cause she has these crazy contacts yeah. in as well. So I want to give credit where credit's makeup. due. Yeah. And the makeup's good too. Like, don't get like, I'm not like, you know, it looks good. Uh, but then uh, it, the angel actively gives of like, and also did you, I don't know if you, it was very um, on the nose where they had the cut on their side, like right around their rib cage, which is not it, which is the same thing as Christ when he was crucified and was stabbed with the spear. Um, it's, I get it. Calm down, calm down episode. I yeah. And there's a, yeah. there, there is a, uh, some writing, some, uh, it's Greek Roman, writing. Yeah. Like uh, Roman uh, numerals and stuff, right? Like it's on like the top left of like their, their chest. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like outside of that, there's like, there's no real defining features to this, this being. But yeah, so it, it, it takes his blood from its wound and actually does like a, a drop of its blood for both um, for both Brian and Amy. And then we end up in um, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas for like five, six minutes where um, it's just them just tripping balls, tripping balls on angel blood. And it is it's 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 a very affecting sequence, but it's also I couldn't help but also find it inadvertently funny just because I'm like, Oh God, like what is going on here? You know, like it is, it's very upsetting, but it's like, man, I guess humans like credit credit to humans being dirt bags where it's like, Oh, this thing fell out of the sky. What if we had its blood and used it as a drug? Like that drug dealer wasn't wrong about that. 
But that sequence is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's not surprising because I feel like humanity would actually do that. So. <laughs> no, like, like the, the first thing they'd be like three, three thoughts, man. three, three, well, sorry, four thoughts. Can we teach it Jesus? Can we have sex with it? Can we eat it? And is it a drug? <laughs> that, 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 pretty much. I think that's what the thought process would be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i mean that's when we get some like like this is when they're finally being like when we get uh like brian and amy being completely open to each other and at least we get the part where brian says aloud he's like you know i never wanted to be a father now i am what do I like he's like he's openly acknowledging like if i say that my my daughter's gone what does that say about me like how can i go forward and credit to Mike Coulter. He sells it real well. And also credit to Amy because there's a lot of truths that she lets out too, um, where she's sick of the, the, the Christmas tree and the presents. And, uh, she uh, kind of rubs in his face that she had an affair. Like it's very messy all over the place. Um, you know, and it's like, it, it's a, it's, it's a, just, it's a drug trip, you know, like it's them dropping acid, but it just happens to be angel's blood. Um, but at least they're talking to each other finally. Right. Yeah. And it's like a flood of emotions from the both of them. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't want to say it's kind of upsetting. It's very upsetting because the, the question is, it's after it's all said and done, where are they going to be after this? Like what, what's the epiphany? Are they actually going to see each other in, in, through clearer eyes and like be able to cope or what? And I'm just like, I don't know what the hell the point of that was, little angel creature, but I don't know if that was the right decision. Well, I mean, you know, save your reservations, like, you know, for the next decision that the angel makes. Um, so, but there's that bit too, when they finally are coming down and, um, what was it? Uh, and whenever Amy admits to like where they had sex at, it was like, you know, in the house, whatever. And then, um, the only, the only kind of satisfaction that you get as a viewer is when we get Brian going into the grief group. And just clocking, just just absolutely just decking uh, Tommy. That's pretty fun. I'm surprised the dude didn't sail out of his shoes because uh, Brian is a big dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you, you're getting you want to be yeah. You're getting power man. Off. You're getting power man punching you. You're getting Luke Cage like ugh, you know. Yeah, he. But I love on the way out. He's like, "Sorry," like he's just saying it as he's walking out. But uh, so yeah. So then he and Amy bond again. They bond over watching Galaxy Quest together in the theater. So there you go. There's your tie-in. That was a very specific yeah, they, movie to bring up at this point in time. Very specific. I mean, the fact that it's like they're they're bringing back like one of the the best memories that they have. It's like, oh, they're going to be able to have some kind of closure here. This is great. But it gets it gets weird, man. It gets even <laughs> weirder than. It gets. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'm ever in close quarters with somebody and we start talking about Tony Shalhoub. I, you know, I make, I make no promises about what's going to happen next. I'm kidding. I don't know <laughs> what that means. Um, so, um, yeah. So then, um, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to, you know, Terry takes this here. I'm going to give you this. This is my, this is my Christmas gift to everybody here. Terry, explain what happens next with, with this, with this episode, please. All right, so uh, Brian and Amy start to embrace, and it's getting hot and heavy, and they're just starting to take each other's clothes off. And as they're making out and everything, all of a sudden the angel starts to creep down the stairs, like very slowly, very curious. It looks very curious. And 
slowly comes over to the couch because they're on the floor, gets up on top of the couch, and they're like full on going at it now. I mean, there's no nudity in this, but you know what's going on. And all of a sudden, the creature tilts its head back and slits its throat with its claw and just starts spraying blood like like Sam Raimi, Evil Dead style, all over the And they continue to just go at it, <laughs> just pound each other. It's really weird. Yeah, and it's done in this way that's supposed to be like the music and the shots are supposed to be like, oh, this is beautiful. And I'm like, no, it's not. This is like the the weirdest Gallagher like like performance I've ever seen. I don't need, you know, like I don't need this. I don't need Evil Dead the musical right now. I don't need all this. And uh, but because of this, like, there's this big like they end up getting like this like their their big truth right. And so, which is them, you know, covered in blood, going into a theater. Um, in which they get to actually see um, their daughter uh, perform a ballet. And that's kind of like their, clo- oh, th- sorry, it is their closure. And that's actually, that's actually kind of effective. Right. And I actually didn't, I, I mean, I, I have problems with how we got there, but whatever. Cool. Um, what, what pisses me off Terry? I'm going to let you, this is what pisses me off is that we had like, this is the third time we've had a narration in from what we believe to be, uh, Tabitha. Like, she's the one that, like let off the episode about the fall. And then they talked a little bit, like there's a bit in the middle where she says something. And then we get her again where they talk about um like, you know, no one knows why the angels fell in one particular winter in Newark. And it was like, and then they're as, as they're watching their daughter dance, you, you the, the voiceover says one couple had their own theory. And I'm like, cool, stop the episode. That's, you know, you're finally getting the intersectionality of, of them overcoming their grief and what what the angels do, which is never quite clear. But then then this whole episode that it tries to show you how smart it is the entire time has to go on to say they lost a daughter 16 months ago and an encounter with an angel mended their broken hearts. Though they knew their daughter was gone, the angel gave them a chance to say goodbye. And I'm like, now, now is when you decide you're going to start spoon feeding information to us in the last three seconds of the episode? <laughs> Maybe that that must have been like a, a post production thing that everybody's like, I don't think that the viewer's gonna get it. <laughs> I just it pissed me off, man. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like it's just like you, you like so okay, let, let me let me reframe this. I don't mind things getting weird, right? Like I think sometimes weird's a lot of fun. I think sometimes weird if if the powers that be understand why the weird things are going on and they and they um are able to present it to us with a steady hand. I'm down with that. Um, I think some of the logic uh, in this, it works less than like the devil's reign. There's some weird logic leaps there, but at least they were confident in this planet plowed through. Um, I wish Ernest Borgnine was here at the end as a goat man just laughing. That would have been amazing. But um, um, no, it's like, if you're going to leave this thing amorphous and ambiguous and be like, Oh, we don't know what's going on with these angels or whatever. And it's like, okay, great. Fine. If you can't tell me what they do and what they're there for, Fine. But then at the very end, it's like, oh, but this angel actually brought these people together and mended their broken hearts. And now everything's going to be better because they get to see their daughter dance once after they had blood sex. Like, no, you don't. You can't have it both ways. Either like make it this beautiful moment, which is what they're trying to do, where it's supposed to be like the emotional connection where you're supposed to be so washed over in emotions and blood and emotions to 
like kind of forgive like the illogic of it to be like, Oh, this is all like one big metaphor. But then you're going to snap it right back together and be like, no, this isn't just metaphor. It's reality. You can't have it both ways. Like that's, you're shitting on the audience. And that frustrated me. Yeah. I think that, um, that exposition afterwards, like to kind of explain it, I was like, well, that was unnecessary. I think we are, we were here the entire time. If anything, the, the, the changes I would have definitely made was like, can we infuse more of the angels in there and like how this world is dealing with what, what that is? Can we get more explanation? Can we get more of what those angels are doing? Like, I mean, are they working at, you know, get go? What's going on? I mean, <laughs> you, just, you just see someone going with like a slushy and it's like, hey, can I get it? Can I get a dab? And the angels like, sure. And just like stabs themselves like on like the cheek and they just put a single drop and they're like, thanks for the true slushy. I'm out. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah, it could be. It could be like Shaun of the Dead where it's like, well, we had to find a purpose for all of them. It's like, there you go. <laughs> well, it, like we don't even get like um, like and I don't know how expansive the short story is. And like, again, you know, sometimes like, the short story and this is me talking like I'm a master of the art form because I'm not. Um, but to, to apply this to like the twilight zone and everything else, sometimes like, what was it that Matheson said talking about going from the half hour to the full hour? He's like, there's only so far you can go along with something before it kind of collapses on itself. Um, and in this case, it's like, you were trying to give me like this, like vast unknowable thing, which is kind of, it's kind of Clive Barker adjacent where you have these beings just falling out of the sky. Right. Like it's kind of cool. And like their drug makes you trip ball. Like they're sorry. The blood makes you trip balls. That's all kind of, that's all kind of interesting. Um, but we don't get like the, like if Newark, if people as a whole call this thing, the fall, then that means that there's probably like, why didn't we get like somebody out there with a sandwich board being like, they will show the truth or the angels will lead the way, you know, like, or like some blind devotion, because I don't know, it's 2021. And I've seen, I've seen news stories of people, um, you know, putting other things in their body. That's not angel blood thinking it has all the answers, you know, like I just think, I think you're trying to give me a big world and a personal story, but you, you got to give me something in the middle there to kind of hint at like the fall needs to have affected Newark more than just like, Oh shit, there's blue people now let's eat them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, there's no other context of how, reality exists around this event yeah and i just i don't know like i was very confused by that like, what if we got the one person that actually took the angel blood and they had an epiphany and it actually was like the most reaffirming thing in their lives because that what's not quite said in this is that with um with tony the waitress she took you know the pills uh, the glitter blood pills and she's like well, i found out we're monsters but what happened with um brian and amy when the angel freely gave of themselves, yes, they had confrontation, but they got resolution and they found, they found themselves again. So it ultimately became a positive outcome. So the takeaway from the episode for me is that if you take it from them against their will, you're going to have a bad trip because you're an asshole. But if they give it to you and it's their gift, you're going to be better for it. I can only extrapolate that from the two times I've seen people take angels blood. And I don't trust Tony. She seems like a shitbag. She, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, just hearing her story, just I don't under like like you said, Brian should have been out of there. He should have thrown a chair. He should have been pissed. I don't know. It was yeah. very confusing. <laughs> like I just I don't know. Like 
there's ideas here that I'm okay with. And I'm not, I'm not against like, um, how do, how do I phrase this? Um, like I'm, I'm not against like, you know, like this is not the same thing. So bear with me here, please. But like one, I, I don't want to use this term because, because I don't like it, but I'm going to, I'm going to bring it into the conversation to kind of set the baseline. Like, um, th- this feels a 24 adjacent where it is trying to do something like you get horrific imagery, you do get some violence, but it's, it's like this like thing now in like the 20, like the, like where we're at now in the 2020s, where there is a lot more emotional trauma and horror where you will hear the phrase elevated horror, which I think is a bullshit statement, but like, um, like hereditary and, uh, in midsummer, right? Like you get a lot more of the stuff on the forefront where it's like, People are just like in a bad place. And then it's like, oh God, now there's a lot of horrific things going on around them. I'm all about this. Not, well, not horrific things happening to people, but I don't mind my horror and, you know, my storytelling being grounded in like human emotion. There's a better payoff there. I just don't like whenever it's supposed to be like, look at how beautiful this is and how tragic this is. Just ignore the logic of it. Just ignore it. Just go for the ride. If you've not done a good job of setting that up, it's it, I'm never going to fully buy in. And I think, especially the second time through, because the first time um, I didn't expect a um, a weird um, like kind of naked angel thing. It's not wearing pants to to cut its own throat over, you know, Falcon Sister and Power Man just you know going to Pound Town in a blood shower. Like it was, uh, it um, you know. Like I never saw that coming, but I don't know if it was earned, you know, that's all like, so I don't like that this thing's trying to be like, you don't, you just don't get it. Like you, it's, it's just, you need to be there emotionally and you just got to think about it. I'm like, nah, this is a Hulu anthology series. And yes, I need to be there emotionally, but you, you guys have beat me to a pulp and you've not given me anything to latch on to, to really kind of feel like this is an earned ending. So that's why I'm frustrated with it. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said. I I think that it was it set up the the and it just it totally spoofed it. You know, it's a, it. I don't know. Like I I felt like it. There was definitely a couple of points where it's like, all right, now we can end it, or now we can end it. You know, um, like, just, just that that end sequence. I just felt I felt I don't know. I felt lack like like it was lackluster by that point. I mean, the idea of the theater, uh, you know, being like this, uh, this construct where they get to watch their daughter perform and say goodbye to her. That's, that's all like, that is all, it's all beautiful. Right. And I like the backdrop of them being kind of blood soaked and wearing like, you know, their, um, their skivvies doing that. It's a very odd, it's a, it's a very odd look. And it's just, it's very, like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm all in, but it's like, it, it's like, I think you and I made the joke recently about like step one, um, like steal all the pants step two question mark step three profit like they're like where was step two in all this you know like like they took the That's underpants and they're seeking the profit but where was step two and the, why am i going back to south park to to explain this but that's where i'm at yeah yeah I, I, it was it was a, it was a thing and that was it was, and I'm, I'm not trying to dump on this i actually liked quite a bit of the things that are going on in yes. this and it felt more like a law and order SVU episode than it did anything else though. How many of those have ended with, um, people slitting their throats over blood sex? Like they're just like, here you guys go. 
Here we go. Just got to have some uh, some blood sex at the end. I have not watched a lot, a lot of Orville there's like recently. 30, there's like 30 seasons of it. <laughs> so what you're saying is <laughs> it's not it's not impossible. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, no, it's just there. Like, yeah. I just I, I, that's other reason. OK, so this is why I'm also frustrated with this, where it's like, you know, you made me care about these people and I'm in. And then you kind of shit on me. Like, I just, I don't know. Like, it's just like, so maybe it's because like, you know, the performances are amazing and you can deal with, like, I can identify with the trauma through them. Right. It's like, and this is what you give me at the end. It's like, that's, what's frustrating. Like, um, there is, oh, there's a Dean Koontz book called, what was it? Out of the corner of his eye or something. It's something to that effect, the title, uh, from years and years ago where, it made me cry my eyes out at the end, but I was so mad because the book just pissed me off, but I cared about the characters. I'm like, I don't know how Dean Kutz made me care about what happened, but also mad the entire time. Like not mad as in like, there, there's times where you see a story where it's like, Oh, screw you for doing that because you made me care. It, this was more like, this is so shittily written, but you make me care about these characters and I'm sad but why did you do this Dean Koontz? You know, like, I just, I don't know. It's a weird flavor of like, I'm in, but screw you for making me in because you didn't give me, um, any type of like great, not payoff. Yes. We wanted, we wanted Amy and Brian to end up in a better place. I don't think one night of angel blood and blood sex is going to fix their relationship. You know, like, I don't think, you know, (laughs) There, there's, there's a large wake left in their, da- their daughter's absence that I don't know if they're going to overcome. And I don't think two weeks from now they're going to be like, hey, remember that one day with the angel? Like, that's weird. Yeah, I still want a divorce. Like, I don't know if that's, you know, like, just whatever. Yeah, because I, cause they're, uh, now they have the closure, but that closure is also still the fact that their daughter is dead. So yeah, now just, they're just going to be husks of, yeah. of people. Yeah, but it's like, it just, like, you and I are both old enough to know that I think closure is a thing that isn't a, like now you have it. It's something that Mm. you have to live with for quite a while. And then one day you finally wake up being like, you know what? I'm like, I can move on from this and you'll never know what that day is. You can never predict it, but, but there's no like magic moment of like, you know what? I completely feel different about a thing. That's not how human minds work. I mean, at least for my, me being a human, Maybe I'm an angel. Maybe Terry, maybe I fell from the sky. You're just like, you know, one day I no, no, just, I, I just think <laughs> that we are slow to move. Um, cause we get hurt. We bleed. Right. And it just be, just because our rational mind understands that maybe things are different. That doesn't mean our hearts will get over things in like the matter of 24 hours, no matter how much angel blood there is. And I don't think that's fair with this emotional ending where it's like, they're going to be better now. It's like, nah, if anything, they're going to be like, what was that? You know, like, it's, and then they're going to ask for more of that blood. Cause they're going to be like, that made me feel better for a little bit. Also I saw bit. my daughter again. Can I have more please? You know, like, and yeah. yeah, they're going to be like, well, I know that one disappeared, but is there any other freshly squeezed angel I can go after? You know, like, um, you know, it's just, I, I know I'm asking questions outside the parameters of the episode and I should feel, um, I should just kind of let it exist within it. But I think emotionally you're supposed to be going further out than what the episode shows. I don't, that does, that's probably not the right words, but it's like, you know, you're giving me something that's hinting at a bigger thing, 
and you give me this like supposedly night, nice, neat resolution, at least emotionally, but I don't know if you've earned it. And I don't know about the rest of this episodes of Monsterland If this is going to be one of those, like, you know, Oh, if you just, you know, if you just don't understand, well, that's on you. Um, like, I don't uh, like, this is the opposite of creep show where there's times where it's like, Oh, you just think anything will work. Can you think better for this? This one's like more like, no, this, this like we drink, we drink Starbucks and we're, we're smarter than, and you just need to understand this. Whatever. Anyway, I'm, I'm maybe talking. that's why I don't get, that's why I, I clearly don't get it as well. Cause I don't drink Starbucks. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the angel blood that I'm not willing but to You drink. know what I mean though? It's like, there's some weird, like, uh, just, um, oh. <laughs> like I know this is a movie you've not seen, but I watched it few months ago, St. Maud, which is, it's an interesting, a really, really cool movie. And you get to the end, you're like, huh? Okay. Well, was this a horror movie or was this something else? I mean, huh? You know, like it's, well, it's just one of those ones where it's like, yeah, it made me think about a lot of things, but I'm like, but where did it end up at actually? Like I just, there's times where ambiguity is wonderful, right? Like, um, and I'm going to go back to like the pinnacle of ambiguity. Like you and I recently just saw the thing in the theater, um, like, 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 like a week, week or so ago. And we love the thing, right? And it's just not the same, not the same story, not the same, same thing, but there's an ambiguity there that is paid off through the course of the movie of like, Oh shit, is this going to be the end or not? Can you trust anybody? That's the, the central theme of the film. So if it leaves you on uneven ground, it achieved its goal. Um, I don't think that's, you know, that's, a, that's a hard thing uh, to accomplish and have it actually be a satisfactory. And I don't know if this actually hit that, you know what I mean? Like that's, so for me, I guess it's just a matter of personal taste and people might watch this and be like, it was beautiful. You're wrong. Cool. If you got a lot more out of it than I did, you know, good on you. And I'm not saying you're wrong. Like this is not me drawing a line in the sand and be like, if you like this, we can't be friends. It's just like, it gave me too much of one thing and not enough of another. And if they would have gotten the ratio of the ingredients, right. I think this would have been a really interesting ride. Yeah. Yeah. T- totally. Totally. I, I, I'm interested enough to at least check out one episode because I feel like the drama is written very, very well. Oh, for sure. And yes. So I want to see those character beats play out within other storylines. So I, I think it, it yeah, I'll let you know. <laughs> no, and like there's seven I, other episodes, right? And like, I, and yeah. sure, like it isn't, it isn't like it's the longest. I mean, my God, I've watched what three seasons of Creep Show now just to get caught up. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen not as good, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm not, and again, it's not fair to judge this against other things. And it's just, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know, I don't like, I just don't like when someone's like well, we're going to give them something intellectual and emotional. We don't actually have to explain things. Like, um, I maybe I think I've also mentioned this on the show, so forgive me, people, I'm repeating myself. Um, I'm not a ghost movie guy. I think a lot of it's kind of like, you know, eh, ghost, you can leave. Or, like, why are they stuck there? Can you just be like, hey, guys, I'm out. And they're like, okay, fine, I guess we're stuck here for a minute, whatever. Um, I watched The Changeling for the first time, like like, two years ago. Um, that's an amazing story. Uh, that's an amazing film. Um, that's a really cool little ghost story that actually kind of, it isn't your typical one. And for whatever reason that resonates with me a lot more because it is, um, 
somebody that happens just to wander into a house that just starts noticing things and be like, Oh, this isn't adding up. And they start pulling threads and it isn't like that house will kill you when you set foot in it. It's just more like, why is that ball bouncing around? You know what I mean? Like there's, um, I just, I guess your taste can vary, but with this, it's like, I feel like this is like the anti-changeling where it's like, no, we're going to have to over explain things. And then also make you feel stupid. If you don't accept the reality of what happened. I just, anyway, Terry respond, make me sound smart, please respond. <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not sure how much more I could say about it in a way that like you have, I think you, you are a lot more articulate than I am. Um, and I just, <laughs> Thank you. I think that <laughs> we know that's not true, but thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're as, you're as articulate as shit. Oh, um, there you go. That's a callback to something <laughs> that may not have been on the show, but yes, I am articulate as shit. Quote me market. <laughs> right. It's just, you know, there's, there was a thing that I felt like was in enca- um, encapsulated in here and we didn't need the extra frosting on top. Yeah. Um, so my question to you is, we're going to wrap this up real quick before we get the twist and all this stuff. Did you, did you watch this with your wife? Cause I know sometimes you do watch these things with uh, your wife. Unfortunately, because of scheduling, I wasn't oh, able to. Cause it makes me wonder. Cause like, you know, she's the nicest person in the world. I would have been curious to hear her like take on it. And I've been like, Oh, Paul, you're wrong. Cause she loved him. I'm like, okay, that's right. That's fair. But okay. <laughs> so, all right. I don't know. Like Monsterland, the production quality is through the roof. Um, like there are some great sequences of this. Some of the visuals are really, really great. Um, individual pieces, parts are phenomenal in this episode. The acting is top notch. Uh, some of the scoring is amazing. Um, it's just, you know, I, I kind of feel like it, it didn't quite connect. And then at the very end, whenever you tell me, Oh, this is exactly what happened, which was also apparent the entire time. That means that you didn't have faith in your own storytelling. So that's kind of where I'm at with that, where, it's, it's worthy of a watch. Just if you're frustrated at the end, like me, then just come over to my corner. I'll give you a hug and, and, um, no angel blood, but I will have snacks. I, I, see, this is why I'm sad. I'm, I can't be over there. Cause you have snacks right now. Yeah. I don't have any snacks. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're lesser angels. I have some cherub snacks. I don't know what that means. I have some, <laughs> I have some angel food cake. Angel, <laughs> just, you know, made, made with, um, it's like when you buy like beef where it's like 76, like lean, 76% lean. This is like 76% angel, but I don't know what's in the rest of it. Snout. I don't know. But anyway, um, any other notes before we get to the twist? No, that's pretty much it. All right, here, we're going to rate that twist. The twist I'm going to pick, just because I, w- I will say to you literally, and so let, let everybody know, twist means, their twist rating is one through five, one being saw it coming from a mile away, and five being, oh my God. Uh, them having the resolution of like coming back together after the loss of a child, the one, right? Um, having a weird naked angel uh, climb over a couch while people are having sex and then cut their throat open and having a blood shower five. Cause I was sitting by myself and I was like, I was like, what the F like by myself. And I said <laughs> it out loud. Cause I was like, we're doing this. I guess we're doing this. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, the, the biggest, uh, I guess twist is the, the the whole blood thing at the end, the angel like doing that as like offering up a sacrifice. I totally did not expect that at all. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, so, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, Monsterland Season 1, Episode 8, Newark, New Jersey. Um, let us know your thoughts and feelings. Again, it's available on Hulu. Um, if you're not subscribed to Hulu, um, it's a pretty great service. There's a lot of cool shit on there. They actually have a lot of, um, of what they call Hulu After Dark. Was it the thing where they would do um, the uh, Halloween movies, like the horror movies once a month? They would do that too, where they would, uh, they, they have a lot of horror stuff on there that they've actually, um, like it's cool shit to go check out. I'm just saying, if you're not a part of Hulu, go check it out. So yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, like for all the streaming services, this feels like kind of one of the ones that like this and Netflix are like the two you should have. And then everything else is kind of like ancillary, but anyway, um, so yeah, go check it out. Let us know your thoughts and feelings about this episode. You can go to strange highways. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can email us directly at strange highways, uh, podcast at gmail.com. Um, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And if you're going to be like, Hey, those sons of bitches didn't appreciate the really beautiful, pretty angel blood episode one star. And I'll be like, you know what? You son of a bitch. I respect that. Yeah. We're, we're looking for confrontation sometimes when it comes to our opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're looking for a street fight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, tell it. Tell us your 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 opinions of this. If you if you fell on the other the other side of the spectrum than we did, uh, I'm again. I I didn't hate it, but it just def, it definitely wasn't what I expected towards the end, and that kind of ruined my ex, my viewing experience. Yeah, that's okay though, right? Like, I mean, that's why we kind of take stabs in the dark because, I mean, we are an anthology-based uh, podcast, and uh, just because this didn't quite work for us, that we just shake it off and move on to the next thing. So, uh, also, Terry, how can people find us otherwise? Uh, we are on Instagram, folks. Uh, so please find us, uh, Strange Highways Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on there. Give us some likes. Share, share. Uh, sharing is caring, people. I mean, seriously. If people are uh, getting a little uh, stir crazy because they're having to stay inside a lot more nowadays give them the gift of a podcast <laughs> yes be like hey i spent zero dollars but you can listen to this you know like and you know actually here here i'll just say this if you guys if you want to give this as a gift to the podcast you'd be like hey uh happy holidays insert name here just just you put their name in edit it and then it'll sound like it's for them it's fine there you go yeah it's that time of year yeah. uh Give us some love uh, or give us some hate. So come at, come at us. Um, So, Um, so, all right, that's going to do it for our discussion about Monsterland. next week. We're getting into our actual uh, Christmas episode. Um, We're getting into uh, tales from the crypt. We've talked about that previously, but this is season one, episode two. It is uh, called all through the house. It is involving a Santa that does things. Um, I've not seen this, but I'm excited because, um, oh, the cast looks amazing. And I, it has, uh, what we have, um, Larry Drake and it's directed by, uh, Walters. I'm uh, sorry. Walt, I was gonna say Walter Zemeckis. That's not right. Robert Zemeckis written by Fred Decker. Um, yeah, I can't wait to get to this. There's, it turns out like, as I'm sure we talked about previously about, uh, tales from the crypt. I, there's not a lot I've seen and, uh, and Terry recommends this and we're going to get into it. And, and all through the house, season two, up, sorry, season one, episode two. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys are in for a treat. If you've never seen this, please check it out. It's on uh, a bunch of different streaming services. Follow along with us. Yeah, so that's going to do it for us this week. Have a good week. Have a safe week. Um, uh, don't don't eat angels. I mean, unless they're in cake form, then I think you should you should eat it because they're already there. Like, it's fine. You can find them in the store. Just eat. Angels as cake is fine. Angels as sparkly blood is not fine. 
or at least ask more questions before you consume it.